Hello and welcome to the Auto Riff. So on this episode today, we're going to be looking at a vehicle that many people have not heard of. It was built in limited numbers and only a couple years. It was the Isuzu Vehicross. So I would, just a kind of a backstory, the Vehicross kind of stuck out to me in a time where I was kind of formidable of my, my youth, where I was really looking at vehicles before I could drive them. And I always remember... You didn't see a lot of them, obviously, like I said, it was created in limited numbers, but it was very distinct looking. And if you're watching on YouTube right now, you can see there's a picture right there. Obviously, if you're listening on the podcast, you're going to have to go look it up for yourself, or maybe I'll put it as the cat or the picture for the podcast this week. So to me, in that kind of time period, I knew a family that had exclusively... I believe they were Isuzu Troopers. And I don't in my head, looking back in that time, Isuzu just made probably the coolest SUVs. None of them, over, other than the, the Viacross that we're looking at now, were terribly exciting looking. But when you think about it, like there was even a song about the rodeo, Little Red Rodeo. If you're into country music, that, that's a song. But the, the Isuzus, to me, were just, they, they looked tough. They looked reliable. Whether or not they were, they seem to be. I don't, I've never heard anybody come back and complain about them being hugely unreliable. Uh, I th- believe his, Isuzu was a product of GM at that time period, or pretty closely worked with GM. I know Isuzu helped work on the Duramax diesel as well. So uh, just a quick update for anyone that I know. So I had recorded an update for the little Chinese ATV project that I was working on and with Matt. When we did one of the tailgate chats and what happened was it was one of the recordings that didn't work out and then when we re-recorded i totally forgot to redo it so the little chinese atv is running like a mint and i can only say that today because it's running like a mint today so i don't remember what happened whatever happened last time the i had to replace i've had to replace a fuel lines fuel filter um one of the gaskets went bad i replaced that and today I put dielectric grease on the spark plug boot. And for whatever reason, today was the first day that little thing did a wheelie with me on it. I don't know where all the power came from. I don't know if it was missing and it wasn't getting, it wasn't sparking properly. It, before it would bog and it was, you hit the throttle, it was like, bleh, bleh, you know, like that. And But to, today I, I, I got it running again. I had replaced all the fuel lines and everything. And I got it, and I got on it. And I, it it took off. I was wow. So the little orange one, or the little Chinese ATV project one that I got for a case of beer, is actually the one I probably ride the most. The kids always ride the new one, the blue one. That's a 110 cc one. The little orange one is a 70 cc. And I do look like an elephant on a tricycle. But that's the update on that. So the Isuzu Vehicross was produced from 1997 until 2001. It was in Japan from 97 to 99, and in the U.S. from 99 to 2001. The Viacross was originally unveiled as a concept vehicle at the 1993 Tokyo International Auto Show. Its ultimate Japanese production release in 1997 was notable in that the production of vehicle arrived with very few design changes and in a very short amount of time. So I thought that was, when I I read that, that was kind of interesting, because if you remember the Nova in two episodes ago... It was in like 18 months or something. So 
for you know four years versus 18 months and four years was a short amount of time so this feat was accomplished through the use of inexpensive ceramic body stamping dies and the fact that they reused a lot of readily available Isuzu parts. The truck was intended to showcase Isuzu's off-road technology and is one of the few vehicles to ship with monotube shocks with external heat expansion chambers, a technology normally reserved for off-road motorcycle racing. So if you you think about it, you see shocks like on even on like racing ATVs and stuff, and they'll have like the little reservoir on the side. That's essentially what it is. The team was led by Shiro Nakamura and Satomi Miriyama, Miriyama, I'm sure I mispronounced that, chief designer manager at Isuzu's European office in Brussels. The design team was an international group. Simon Cox, assistant chief designer, best known for designing the Lotus Alliance interior. Joji Yanaka, Andrew Hill, and Nick Robinson. The task was to build a lightweight but tough, fun but environmentally friendly SUV. So a little backstory on Shiro Nakamura, or kind of what happened after this. When Carlos Gozen took charge of Nissan in 1999, he brought in Nakamura from Isuzu to lead the design part of Nissan's revival. And according to the forum for the corporate communications in Tokyo, Nakamura immediately exerted leadership in driving the design team to create distinctive and innovative designs based on Japanese traditional aesthetics and contemporary cultures. So iconic cars such as the Nissan Cube, the Fairlady Z, or Z, GTR, the Murano, the Qashqai, the Juke, and Leaf, as well as the Infinity M, FX, and Essence were created under Nakamura's guidance. He ended up retiring in 2017. So like I said before, it was intentionally built in limited numbers based on the ceramic die uh, body stamping process. And they made only 5,958 uh via crosses before the die ran out or wore out 1805 of those were in japan and 4153 were made in the u.s or for the u.s it shared many of its components with the trooper model including the 3.2 and 3.5 liter v6 motors that made 215 horsepower so notably, the vehicle also featured the torque on demand or TOD four wheel drive system that produced was produced by BorgWarner. The US only constant four wheel drive TOD had 12 independent sensors for detecting wheel spin and capable of redirecting power to the wheels with the most traction and gives the Viacross a high level of traction on wet and icy roads. It also has a high level of performance for its height. While possessing on-road nimbleness, its body-on-frame truck, construction, suspension, and four-wheel drive gearing made it very capable off-road. I actually was uh, watching reviews. Uh, if you look at, uh, what was it, Motor Week, I believe. It was kind of an older show that uh, used to come on TV all the time. Uh, they quite liked it. Actually, the only complaint they really had about the Viacross, obviously the, the exterior is very unique. But that the interior was kind of just ripped right from a trooper. So it was like they did this really cool futuristic outside design. I think it was really cool. I mean, it it's one of those vehicles that you love it or you hate it. To me, it was very distinctive in the way that the Aztec was. So... And very similar in the body cladding and stuff. So obviously, like I've said on the show, I really enjoyed the Aztec. And I really enjoy this Via Cross as well.
I also really enjoyed the Isuzu Axiom that came after the Via Cross. Uh, that's another one that didn't sell. It did so the Via Cross intentionally didn't sell well. The Axiom didn't sell well, and which I I always thought was unfair because I thought they were both very cool, very cool SUVs. So they were they actually made two concepts for the Via Cross: a four-door version called the VX4 and a Roadster version called the VX02. And they were both shown at the 2000 Los Angeles International Auto Auto Show, but neither reached production. Obviously, they only stuck with the three-door, two doors on the side, one in the back. Both of these concepts were donated to the Peterson Automotive Museum in Los Angeles in late 2008, but both were later returned to Isuzu when the Peterson Museum was renovated. Isuzu had to destroy the vehicles for legal reasons in 2017. I would like to know what legal reasons you have to destroy concept cars. Isuzu, let me know, because it doesn't make any sense to me. So Motor Trend actually featured the Via Cross on its May 1999 cover, and it included it in its top 10 sport utilities for most unique styling. It actually finished second uh, uh, that year for most off-road capable SUV to the Tahoe Z71. So the base price of the Via Cross was actually $28,900 in 1999, and in 2020 money, which, man, man, inflation sucks, was is now $46,500. So pretty expensive. One of its uh, kind of interesting things was that it had a spare tire on the back, which you think, well, if you have a Jeep, that's not really that... Uh, cool but the fact that it was inside the tailgate yeah like if you look at a picture of it you had to actually open the tailgate and then it was inside the tailgate so you couldn't actually get to it from the outside so in racing uh the via cross was an actual class winner at the 1998 paris dakar rally and the 1999 australian safari rally yeah so that's a little bit of a uh, history on the Isuzu Via Cross. If you have any more information, please let me know. I'd love to hear about it. If you have a Via Cross and you're willing to have me come drive it when the borders open, I'll come drive it. Yeah. I may keep driving and not give it back. Thanks again for listening to the Auto Riff. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, or you can email us at theautoriff at gmail.com. Without you, the listener, I'd just be a crazy person talking about cars to myself. I appreciate the support and the conversations with my listeners that this provides. Until next time, everyone drive safe and have a great week.